Hi, you're listening to Kate and Catherine. And we're going to show you how to find your Prince Charming so that you can finally live happily ever after <laughs> forever and ever. No. No. <laughs> no. We are definitely not going to do that. We are sick of that story and it's a lie. It is a lie. You're listening to The New Truth, a modern woman's guide to extraordinary love. We are going to show you how the fairy tale love story stops you from experiencing the love you truly desire. Listen to hear how to break free from sacrifice and struggle in relationship. And learn the new truth about love in a way that you've never heard it before. We're so happy you're here. Keep listening. Hello, beautiful. Kate Harlow here. Before we get into this week's episode, I'm just going to set a little context for it as I have a conversation with a beautiful, really important woman in my life, one of my closest friends, Mariana Clark, who is a coach and a spiritual teacher for women, really, is how I see Mariana. She's the founder and director of Travel Within Retreats, um, which are retreats that I attend one to two times a year in Greece, in Mallorca, Spain. She does them all over the world. And her specialty is really like helping women unlock their fullest potential in whatever area of their life. She is just like really walks her walk. She is, lives such a such an empowered life where she's always taking responsibility for anything that happens, you know, internally. And her natural state is just so happy because she does, has done so much of the inner healing and inner work that Catherine and I talk so much about. So this episode is really rich because we have a conversation about um, practices that you can actually start doing to get more anchored in yourself, to plug more into your connection to the divine so that you can show up more fully on dates. And of course, this conversation is all about what to do when you're ready for love and you want a relationship, but it's not here yet, how to navigate that. Because when we're in the tension of it not being here yet, and we're trying to we're trying to get the thing, it takes us out of our real authentic expression of who we are and puts us into our protective mechanisms, aka your saboteur. So I'm super excited for you to hear this conversation. It's a really beautiful, powerful one. And uh, Mariana is just a brilliant teacher. So very excited to share her with you. And we are just at the very beginning of the Expanded Love Masterclass. So if you haven't signed up yet and you're still curious about your saboteur, you can still join. Uh, click the link in this episode, you can head to my Instagram, the unscripted woman with no E and uh, find me there and sign up there or the unscriptedwoman.com and sign up for the masterclass there. Learn all about your saboteur and sabotaging patterns. We'd love to see you there. Enjoy episode 151. Hello, hello, beautiful. Welcome back to the New Truth Podcast, episode 151. What to do when you're ready for a relationship, but it's not here, dot, 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 yet. <laughs> <laughs> I have a very, very special guest with me today, one of my favorite humans on planet Earth, maybe because Yay. she's like me <laughs> in a little Greek, American, British package. <laughs> we have so much fun together. Mariana and I are very similar beings in the world. Very different too, though. We're, we're mm -hmm. like totally different, but super similar hearts and ways of engaging with the world. And she is just magic. And I know I use that word on the podcast a lot, but this woman has 
brought so much more magic to my life. I just think of how much my life has changed since I met you in 2018. Likewise. And we, we, we were introduced from a mutual friend and I was flying it. She lives in Mariana lives in London, but she grew up in Los Angeles and is Greek heritage. Um, and we met at like, I flew there one, I don't know, September afternoon landed in London and we met for lunch and we'd only had one phone conversation before or a zoom conversation. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, I'd always known you. You'd always mm -hmm. been in my life. I think I dumped a bunch of <laughs> emotional stuff. I just got off the plane and I hadn't spoken to anyone in 10 hours. So <laughs> it was, uh, an important conversation for me. But um, about a year later, Mariana started leading retreats again. She'd been co-facilitating retreats with her spiritual teacher for many, many years. I'm sure he'll get woven into this conversation <laughs> somehow, as he always does. Mm -hmm. um, and so she, a year after meeting me for lunch that day, was sparked to start leading retreats again. And I went to her first one, and now I'm a junkie. Because um, the work Mariana does in the world, it feels to me like the next level of consciousness for lack of a more expansive term, the next level of really um, owning our crap and being willing to live life in a magical, joyful way. And I think when I think of you, I think of like a dolphin or a hummingbird or a, a mermaid. <laughs> and uh, there's just such a there's just mm. such a lightness of being to you and to how you interact with the world in every moment. Like I'm so freaking inspired by you Aww. and Mariana is in Thank a you. 10 year relationship. And even every time you talk about your relationship, her relationship is 10 years and it gets better every year. It gets mm. richer every year. It gets deeper every year. And obviously you can speak to it more than I can, but <laughs> from an outsider. It's just been so inspiring me to witness because mm. for someone like us, I'll say us, cause we have so much similarity, um, like loving freedom and adventure and expansion and experience. The idea for me of being with someone for a really long time, I'm like, I don't know if that's in the cards for me because I just love my life so much. Yeah. So I, I feel like your relationship, it expands me in that way. So I'm super excited for you to share stories mm. today about that. But this, mm. this conversation feels really important. Mariana and I basically have our own private podcast. We, we talk on the phone almost every morning and we, <laughs> we have these like expansive life conversations. And Catherine kept saying, you've got to have Mariana on, you gotta, you've got to, you know, share your secrets with the world on how you both live such pleasurable, joyful mm. lives. And so I thought, what, what better person to bring in for this topic of, mm. for the woman who is really ready for love. Maybe you're longing for a relationship. Maybe you have been, you know, in a relationship, maybe you've been on your own for 10 years and you're just like ready for it now. Um, maybe you just got out of one and you just want to jump back into one, but for whatever, whatever situation you're in, um, we want to unpack how you can, um, how you can take, take charge of yourself and your life when you have that feeling or that, that pressure inside of you of needing or wanting a relationship. So I'm going to turn it over to you. Where do you want to start? Mm. Uh, well, first I want to start with um, saying thank you for that lovely intro. And, you know, I feel so much the same way when you came into my life. I mean, you inspire me on the daily as well. And, uh, I think it was a fateful uh, meeting that one, I think it was about four years ago now. 
in London. Um, but yeah, the it's interesting to hear you say that, you know, myself living in this pleasurable way and even having this beautiful relationship um, over the last 10 years seems to just ripen with age. Um, it always it wasn't always like that. So for, for me, and I think so much of the work that we do and that we're so um, committed to doing is what gets us ready for receiving a relationship, but not just any relationship. It's a relationship that um, brings us the match of our, our greatest self. And, you know, how do we do that? Um, So for me, I did a lot of work in the personal development, you know, realm to, you know, cultivate that because it wasn't always like that for me. I actually used to wake up depressed, um, you know, every single day. I actually had quite destructive relationships in my 20s and going into my 30s. Um, And then one day I said, you know, this isn't what I want in my life. And I took a break actually from doing any type of relationships. And because I was a bit of a serial monogamist from the age of, you know, 21 uh, and, and onwards, which is weird because I'm someone who loves so much travel and freedom and all of that. And I did have, you know, a year or two in between those relationships where I, I did travel and have that freedom. But, um, it wasn't until I looked back at all my relationships and said, you know what, something's not right here. I'm attracting relationships where I feel like my worst, my worst self, you know, Mm -hmm. like lots of anger was coming out, jealousy, um, manipulation tactics, and it, it just wasn't pleasant. I wasn't living a pleasurable life. So it wasn't until to interweave in my, um, spiritual mentor that I met, um, Uh, a mentor of mine about 15 years ago. And I said, you know, I'm going to take a break from relationships and became just basically about, about a year and a half when I just didn't date anyone. And I took all that time to just focus on me. Um, and I know that sounds like a long time, but for me, it, it really wasn't because I was so into the, you know, the process of just loving myself and finding out in that process, what was underneath the surface inside of me that was attracting these types of relationships. So that's how the journey really began. Um, I love that. Can I highlight something you're saying right now? So, so I think this is so important because I mean, first of all, we didn't pre-plan what we're going to say. We never do. Um, and I was just saying like <laughs> that, I feel like this is such a beautiful, um, potent, uh, gift that you just gave of, of the idea. So even for a woman who's been single for five years or 10 years, and you're like, I'm tired of being single. Have you been devoting yourself to learning how to love yourself and be in relationship with yourself in that time? Because often women can think, oh, like I've already been alone for 10 years. I've already done the alone thing, but how are you doing the alone thing? I think that's such an important thing because you are on this spiritual path, a devotional path of getting to know your own stuff, your own pain, your own limitations, your own Mm -hmm. saboteur 
in my speak, um, mm -hmm. that you like understanding yourself on such a deep level that that's, that's why that time was so essential and that it was used well, you know, rather right. than just, oh, I've already done the single thing. Now I want love. Yes. Yeah. And, and I was, I also did that thing of pining for love. I yes. always was like, you know, that, that relationship didn't work. Okay. Where's the next one? The next one's the one, the next one, the next one. And for me, um, that pining energy came from a need that uh, from a lack place, like I didn't feel whole inside myself. And that's when I came to realize if I'm not feeling absolutely in, in a state of joy inside of myself and in a state of love, how am I supposed to receive that from anybody else? It's going to attract something where something is um, for a short period is going to look like they're going to be fulfilling um, that hole inside of me. And that always does not end up good. <laughs> you know, no. it just always ends up in this perpetual state of looking at that other person to fulfill something that I don't feel like I have deep down inside. Mm -hmm. And so that was the realization of like, you know, let's utilize this time to go in deep and see where I'm out of relationship with my own self. And so that's when the journey began. I took that time and also really got to experience that neediness, that pining energy of, okay, I'm ready for love. But it's like, where is that coming from? Is it coming from really a desire to share somebody with, share a life with somebody? Or is it coming from, a needy place. And I think that's a really important dis distinction to when we say we're ready for love, is it coming from a place of need because I'm actually don't feel happy and whole inside myself? Or is it coming from a place? Yeah, I feel really a really good place in my life. I feel whole inside myself. I have so much love to give that I actually want to share that within a partnership or I want to share that within, you know, dating lots of different people, however that kind of manifests for you. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a really important thing to see the distinction of where is that desire coming from? Yes. Because I tell you, I'll tell you one other thing. And I, I say this to a lot of people. When I was, when there, there came a point in that personal development, you know, self-study place where I started cultivating the sense and giving myself all the things that I felt like I lacked. And what happened was, and I know this is going to sound a bit weird and it's, it's not from a place of ego, but it was like, I fell in love with myself. It wasn't like, oh my God, you know, you're so amazing. It wasn't like that. It was just like- Couldn't stop staring at myself in the mirror. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it, it, it wasn't like that. It was just this feeling of so much fulfillment, yes. I guess is a better word. It's a sense of total fulfillment. And a part of my head then said, what, what happened was the desire and the pining for love completely melted away. Yes. And my mind then said, oh, great. Now you don't need it, need anybody. You don't need anybody. You don't care to, you know, be with somebody. That's what it, it was saying. How are we going to attract a relationship from this place? 
the exact opposite happened. The exact opposite happened. When I was in that fulfilled place, I simply was like, of course, I want a relationship in in my life when and and when that comes. And sure enough, who is who Nick, who is now my partner, showed up in a way that was just and and we had known each other for a couple of years before that, just as like friends. And but all of a sudden something clicked and we were like, oh. And we developed this relationship over time and it brought me all the way to, to England and started a whole new life out here. And, um, you know, yeah, the rest is, I guess, still unfolding. <laughs> I was going to say it's history, but it's still unfolding. Yes. I, I love that so much. And I think that, you know, you know how they say, like when you stop trying or when you're not desiring mm. love anymore, that's when it shows up, you know, or it women does. who are trying desperately to get pregnant, they can't, then they adopt yeah. and then they get pregnant because they're yes. not trying so hard. I feel like yeah. this is that it's like when you're, when you're focused. So I, I think that most, most of us, you know, it's one thing to be sitting with, I feel like I'm kind of in that place where I'm like, I love my life. I love myself. And I'm kind of opening to the idea of love in whatever form it shows up, but I am, I'm not pining for it. There's just like, it's like every once in a while, we'll have a conversation. I'll be like, Oh, actually, I think I could let that in now. Like I feel more ready for it now or open, open is Mm -hmm. probably the word for me. Cause I think I wasn't open before, um, get after getting out of a really long relationship. And so, um, but there's no sense that's like, I have to have this thing. I need this thing. And Mm -hmm. I think it's like most for most of us, but for me, for many years, it was always that coming from Mm -hmm. that place because Mm -hmm. I wasn't satiated in my own self and in my own life. And so, and, and think about it, like our programming from our whole entire lives is, is that for a woman, when you have a relationship, then you'll matter, then you'll fit in, then you'll belong like everyone else. Then you'll, Mm -hmm. when someone chooses you, when you're someone's wife, then you will be enough. Then you will be beautiful. Like all of these messages are sent to us. I mean, we're watching Disney movies when we're children. Like when your brain is developing, you were like three years old. And most of us were watching, you know, whatever beauty and the beast Cinderella. And we're watching these girls just like pining for this love and wanting to be chosen and wanting to be perfect enough to be the one who is chosen. So, and then it's, it's, it's interwoven into every message we hear about love still to this day on in music and in, Mm -hmm. um, you know, TV shows and everything. And especially God, reality TV, love industry is massive. And Mm -hmm. so it's like, that is so, and, and our brains are programmed by what we take in. And so Mm -hmm. it's like a combination of that and like whatever dysfunctional or functional relationships we witnessed of our parents and the adults around us. So this is playing out on such a strong level that even if you listen to the new truth on repeat over and over again, and you, you know, that fantasy love is not the thing, you know, that love is not the thing. There's still a part of us. You know, I even experienced this dating myself still like where, when something feels really good, I'll go into that girl energy for few hours or a day or whatever, where it's like, oh my gosh, this feels so good. What if it goes away or what? And it's like that contracted energy of like, I need this thing to feel good. But Mm -hmm. the reality is like, it's so dangerous to live from that place. And I think that the reason you and I have such amazing expansive lives and feel so good most of the time, I think we both get the question, how are you so happy? Mm -hmm. Um, 
by other people often. I do, and I'm sh- I'm sure you do too. Um, it's because we belong to ourselves. It's because we yeah. are in that place of sovereignty within ourselves and life is full with or without a partner. Like I know that Nick and you are amazing. And if Nick wasn't your partner anymore, you would have your life would get, you know, exciting in a completely different way. It would be, you you would, and not to say that wouldn't come without grief, but um, yeah, I think that for most women, when we, when we're in that place of longing for a relationship, it's coming from on some level, even if you've convinced yourself not it's almost always, unless you've done this like really deep self inquiry, self um, exploration and and relationship to self work. Mm -hmm. It's often coming from that place of like, I will feel better when I have that thing. Yeah. And it's never the case. No. And it's also so much Mm -hmm. pressure on the other person. Like that's not really fair that we do that to each other. It's like, yeah. And they feel that they feel that on a subconscious level. It's like, you're putting that much pressure on them to go, what are you going to do to make me happy? Uh, And we do that subconsciously. And when then it it comes out in like interesting manipulative ways and they can feel that. And so what does that then do? Then they start moving away or pulling back or, and then we're like, why are they pulling back? And what is that? You know, if we're constantly then gauging what they're going to do over here in order for me to feel a certain way, whereas you know, when you're tapped into yourself, your core and in your heart, that place is self-sustaining. You know, it's like this, this infinite well of, of love, you know, and when you're solid in that, then you're less likely to get triggered by, you know, a phone call or a text or something that person said, or something that they did, you know, because you can look at that more objectively versus being in an emotional trigger response to to that person or thing. So I think, you know, when people ask, like, how can you be so solid or happy or any of that stuff is because exactly what you said is because I know that I'm responsible for my own joy. I'm responsible Mm -hmm. for my own happiness. I'm responsible for my own um, way of loving and being in relationship. Turn on that too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And you bring like, it's so beautiful. I think that's why your relationship keeps deepening over time because you bring and, and, and so, and also caveat like Mariana and I have shit come up. I I do my best to share as many stories as possible. So y'all know that this isn't like a destination. Once you arrive and you're enlightened kind of thing, like we were out, but we're devoted to when our stuff comes up, when we're in the like, Oh my gosh, why doesn't that guy, why doesn't he like me or what's going on or making meaning of certain things or shutting down or we're devoted to going in and not out, like not trying to get someone else to make us feel better but actually yeah. going in and we'll talk about, we'll share what that means more. Cause I know for some women yeah. on this journey, it's more new and you, you might be thinking like, what do you mean going in? Mm-hmm. Um, so we will speak to that, but I think that mm. the reason like your relationship with Nick is so sweet and beautiful um, is, is that you bring your full self to him. Like it, mm-hmm. so think about it in the old paradigm where the other person is our source, mm. women are like, okay, this feels so amazing in the beginning. He's the one, he's so great. He's this, he's that. And it's just like, hi. 
Mm-hmm. And I feel, I feel so amazing because this guy's in my life mm-hmm. or woman, whatever you're into. Um, and then the moment, you know, it doesn't go great. Like the moment he doesn't mm-hmm. show up in the same way, the moment he's not, um, available the moment, like, even if you stay together moment, he disappoints you or whatever, then it goes to, okay, now he's responsible for my pain. Like he's not attracted Mm -hmm. to me. I must not be enough. He's, and it's like, it's still outsourcing. We're still blaming the other person. Mm -hmm. And in witnessing you, I mean, Mariana has like a magical life. She travels to Greece so much and comes and meets me on various Greek islands and you do retreats in other countries and you, you know, go home to California and visit your family. And we just like travel so much and, you know, lead these retreats and have these magical experiences and coaching and, and you write she's a film writer, um, wrote a TV series, like a phenomenal TV series and your art and your, like you do so much to fill yourself up that when you come home, you are mesmerizing. So of course, Nick is still deeply in love with you. And you're like when 10 years into your relationship, because you are full, you're Mm -hmm. not like, Hey, I'm home from work. I'm exhausted. You need to make me feel good. It's your fault. Mm -hmm. I feel bad. Like that's usually where the trajectory of where relationships go. Whereas you, I mean, you are just the cutest. You're my favorite. (laughs) Don't tell, don't tell anyone, but you're my favorite human. Like how many messages have I got from you where you're voice noting me? And then all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, this rose, this is the most beautiful rose I've ever seen or this butterfly. (laughs) And you're just like so present in the moment, like a, like a three-year-old. And, you know, most people in London are like, they're like, what fucking rose? They don't even see the rose. Like, it's, it's the English it's, rose. <laughs> it's the, mm. it's beautiful. So it's, but that's mm. this, you see, for those of you listening, like when you can devote your life to yourself and, and you can share like some of your practices and tools of mm. how you do that, but you devote mm. yourself to taking full responsibility for you Mm -hmm. and your life Mm -hmm. and how you feel internally, whether you're single or in a relationship, Mm -hmm. like, and then you continue to devote yourself when you're in a relationship. That's important because a lot of women maybe do that when they're single, but then get into a Mm -hmm. relationship and stop. Yeah. That is when you like, you keep the flame alive and you keep the, you keep the polarity and the spark because you're not looking to your partner or blaming them for something that's happening Mm -hmm. inside of you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they feel so, um, it it takes the pressure off of them, but then also they are, your partner is actually seen more fully and even with friends, right? You're able to see somebody else more fully because you're not projecting your own stuff onto somebody else. And I think that's where, you know, relationships can get very interesting, um, because, you know, as you said about, um, you know, we all get triggered and it's not like every day I'm like, yeehaw, you know, <laughs> it, it, there, there are days where I'll feel something where it's like, I'll, I'll feel anger or sadness or something will trigger me of some sort, even if like Nick does something, you know, but it's how I, what my relationship to those emotions are. Mm-hmm. And what my relationship to some of these things that come up, what do I do in those instances? So do I, if I feel emotionally reactive, do I just go ahead and speak from that place? Or do I take a moment and get objective and go, wow, I'm being really emotionally charged by whatever is going on right now. And 
I know that if I'm speaking from a place of like anger or um, rage or whatever it is, it's not going to end well because the other person is going to go into a very strong defensive place. So taking responsibility means, okay, I'm seeing that this is happening. What do I do with it? What's going on inside of me? So then I usually... Um, instead of lash out onto the other person, I take some moments and I go in and I do some meditation. I do some movement. I do a lot of the practices that I teach other people in retreats and in coaching calls and really move the energy. And usually it's so mind blowing the awareness of it that anytime these triggers then come up in the future, it doesn't scare me as much anymore. I actually want to take more responsibility because I see what's on the other side of it. I actually get to change something that's been holding me back or, mm. you know, I usually use that as an opportunity to grow in some way. And so when that happens, guess what happens? I, that growth happens within the relationship too. So if I'm growing and I'm using these opportunities as um, ways to grow inside myself and to receive more love and to get on the other side of that thing that used to get me upset or whatever, and I see it for what it is and it changes and I get to the other side of it, then I can have a conversation with my partner and the conversation's different. It's coming from a place of more compassion. It's come up, coming from a place of wholeness. It's coming from a place of um, resolution. And so I bring that to him. And then guess what? He's able to have a deeper conversation with me because he's not in a defensive place. So then the relationship grows. And that's how, that's where that's what how intimacy happens. And we grow more and more intimate through the journey of relationship. Yes. And this is the perfect example of the new paradigm versus the old paradigm. The mm -hmm. new paradigm, whether you're in relationship with another human or on or just with yourself, and like whether you're in a romantic relationship or not, in the new paradigm, you are growing together, you're evolving. Mm -hmm. It's I, that song, mm -hmm. um, that Whitney Houston song, Higher Love. I love that mm -hmm. song. And it's like, mm -hmm. that's how your relationship is now bringing you to the higher realms of frequency yeah. and consciousness and awareness rather than in the old paradigm. It's the opposite. It's yeah. like you blame, it's shut down. It's cutting off mm -hmm. parts of ourselves. It's, it's mm -hmm. letting go of things that matter to us to not have the other person feel insecure or bad or whatever. Like mm -hmm. in the new paradigm, you grow more into who you are. And that's what you get to do in those moments. You become a better communicator. You come, you yeah. become, you heal a little part of the little girl that's inside. That's believing, you know, in that moment that you don't matter or whatever trick, whatever wound is triggered by yeah. the thing Nick says or does mm -hmm. you get to actually heal it. Yes. by going into yourself and doing the movement or the the practices to get um writing is a great practice um we'll mm -hmm. get we'll get some specifics and of course like always recommend to work with a a coach or mm -hmm. to take a program where you're you're supported in doing this if you haven't before but we'll mm -hmm. definitely share some practices but like doing those practices to alchemize or move the energy of the feeling cuz the actual feeling itself is just energy it's mm -hmm. not 
like we, we, we think the feeling is so much more than it is. It's just a feeling. And when mm -hmm. you go into the feeling and you move the feeling, mm -hmm. it becomes something else. Like in, in a practice that I studied last year, um, which, you know, uh, called nonlinear movement, it's, it's, it's a movement practice where your eyes are closed. You're just on your hands and knees. It's not like fancy dancing or anything. You put mm -hmm. on a song that has no lyrics and you move your body as if like whatever you're feeling, you move your body as that feeling and you just keep letting your body move mm -hmm. and the natural intelligence of the body will, um, will move the emotion into something else. And by the time you're finished, you feel differently than you did before. And I'm sure mm. many, many of you have had this experience anyways, like you feel shitty yeah. and then you go sing in a choir and all of a sudden you feel like high as a kite or you feel shitty and you go, you know play a soccer game or whatever. Like it's, it's, there's so many ways we can do move the energy of emotion, but it's the, it's when we get trapped in the story about the feeling and believing it's true and believing the other person's wrong or that, that we're wrong, that we get trapped and the feeling gets stuck as opposed yeah. to just moving it. Yeah. And to also link it to the theme of, you know, when we're ready for love and it's not here yet, I think one of the things that um, keeps us a little bit just at, at bay of that relationship is that fear that we might get stuck in some of these you know, patterns or some of these things might come up from our past. And, you know, they usually play out on the, on the platform of a relationship. And subconsciously, I think we're scared because we know that that's going to happen in mm. some degree. However, having had this conversation and knowing that you can actually use these things as opportunities for growth and deepening love, then takes the edge off a little bit of the fear of moving into a relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause usually what we desire the most, we actually fear the most. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So it's a nice way to think about um, in, in some, some people might want that relationship and it's like, well, how do I prepare myself for receiving that, you know, relationship? Um, or yes. experience in love or whatever that is that you desire. And one of the things is to just mentally be conscious that some of those things that scare us that come up can actually um, be doorways into our own personal pleasure and expanding our own capacity to love instead of us being afraid of it and shutting down or putting up more protection mechanisms to the thing that we actually want. Mm -hmm. And that's um, what I find a lot in working with some people is that, you know, they say they want a relationship, but also they're really scared of it as well. Mm -hmm. So it's a little bit of an internal conflict and that internal conflict keeps us from actually moving forward and, and having that love that we desire. So how would you suggest to best navigate that if like to help women identify if that's actually happening inside of them, the, the internal conflict of desiring it, but being equally afraid of it and um, how to alchemize that while they're still single? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, one of the things that's worked for me first, first it's becoming aware of that. That's what's going on, right? Yeah. It's like to 
know that you want a relationship, but then also feel some of the feelings of maybe perhaps it's fear or um, whatever that tension is inside the body. Uh, But one of my favorite uh, exercises that I like to do that helps us become more conscious and aware of some of these patterns or programs um, is through the writing. So I do a lot of free writing. So what that means is writing without almost thinking and without editing or censoring. It's just allowing the stuff to come up. So I do this practice called old myths, new myths. So for instance, if you desire a relationship, then you say a relationship is to me without thinking, without having the pen stop on the page, relationship is. And then what's interesting, what comes out, you might be interested to see what comes out. It's going to be personal for each, each one, but often including what I've seen in myself in the past um, and what I've seen in others, you'll see things like relationship is controlling, relationship is fighting, relationship is scary, relationship is, and, and, or beautiful, or it, it can be both negative and positive, but you'll get to see the subconscious layers that are underneath here that you might not be thinking about right? So that is one of the exercises that I suggest. Now, what happens is when you have it then there on the page, then when you, first of all, it's quite revealing. And then you can go, oh, no wonder I'm not having a relationship right now. Or no, maybe I'm not totally ready for one because I'm so scared because of all of these things might happen. Mm -hmm. And a lot of these things might be related to our past relationships, or a lot of the times it's based on how we saw relationships within our family dynamic, or how we saw it in, you know, our aunts and uncles or society or whatever it is, you'll get to see it on the page and you'll start becoming more conscious of it. Then you can actually do something about it. You can't do anything if you don't know it first. So then you go, okay, here's how I really feel about relationships. Not this like fluffy stuff over here. It's like, oh, here's the the undercurrent, right? And so then we take a new page later on and then we say, we'll we'll take um, relationships are scary and we go, relationships are adventurous, So then we take the fear, we move it into adventure, but we have to feel the fear first, right? It's not about just flipping over into the positive. It's actually being able to feel the, you know, some of these things that keep us from moving forward and to just allow them to simply be there and do exercises like you were talking about earlier. So what does that feel like in my body, you know? What does that feel like in my body? And if it was a motion, what what would it look like? And you start to move it through the body because that's when it starts to alchemically change. Um, So those are two things that I like to play with is the writing and the actual physicalizing it in the body and moving it through. Um, And it often just changes on its own without having to do too much. It's not like you have to say, okay, I'm moving from fear to, you know, happiness. It's like when you move into the fear, it actually naturally changes composition. 
Yes. Yeah, and you memory. can't, you, you can't, you, you can't just talk about it. You got to actually do, do the practice and feel it. So if you can yeah. sit a, a few moments in a day and if some fear comes up for you, you know, just fit, move it through your body, give it a gesture. You know, if it's rage, it might look like this, or if it's fear, it might look you. like they this. Can't, they can't see you. <laughs> oh, they can't, oh. can't see you. <laughs> oh, sorry. I thought this <laughs> <laughs> um, but you get it. I mean, it'll, yeah, it, yeah it, it'll look however it looks. It can look exactly. any which way, but it's, it's the right. embodiment. And, you know, that's what I love about your and my work is so similar. It's like, uh, it's getting out of like, we, most people are operating hundred percent from their heads. And if you're operating from your head, you're operating on a false identity. It's like this conditioned mind of who you're supposed to be in the world and yeah. what you're supposed to say and what your life's supposed to look like versus getting out of your head into your body where you get to actually live here now in the present moment, you get to get really um, mindful about what's in your life and what feels good and what doesn't feel good. And I think that's a huge reason why part of the reason why you and I have such pleasurable lives and feel so good because we are constantly moving from head to body, like constantly getting back into our bodies and this writing practice. I know a lot of women have resistance to writing. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember one of my best friends was a published poet by the age of 11 and she had, um, she, she went to university. I think she got a scholarship actually. She went to university for writing and Mm -hmm. it like took the writer right out of her because all the structure and rules made her like it repressed her writing. So she stopped writing for many years and now she's a writer and writes for a living and she's a phenomenal writer. So she did Mm -hmm. the deeper healing and the alchemy to transform and heal that. But it's just like when people are like, oh, I can't sing or I can't dance. It's like someone told you that when you were young, someone put a rule on you. It's a natural thing to write. It's a natural thing to create in any, any creative expression. Like little Mm -hmm. kids are always doing it. It's natural. Mm -hmm. And so it is natural to our bodies and it's natural Mm -hmm. to our souls and it's just not natural to our minds. So if you are running the story that you can't write, you're not a writer, this isn't about being a writer. Like I, and I mean, I'll speak to at your retreats. We do this writing practice every morning and every (laughs) time I go. I feel resistance on day one. And I'm like, yeah. it, I'm, I, I cry and I'm like, I'm a bad writer. And like that comes up yeah. and then, and then I move through it and, and yeah. you just keep going. And that's the secret. And one of, yeah. one of the things that really helped me is when you said, don't take your pen off the paper. Yes. And even if you're writing like stupid, fuck, dumb, blah, 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 blah. Like you can just, you can write nothing and then keep writing. And I did that. You had me do that practice when I first started dating, um, after a seven year relationship. And I was Mm -hmm. feeling like having some challenges and you were like, write, do a writing piece on, on what, uh, what you think about men. And it was wild because I've been coaching women for seven years on, on, I mean, I'm coaching for 15 years, but women specifically on relationships. And I've heard so many horror stories that I had like a whole backpack full of store of, of stuff, of fear about men. And that practice alchemized it for me because I remember Mm -hmm. it was a beautiful, it ended up being like a poem or something. It was a story. It was like, had this story arc where it started out with like some painful beliefs and then it shifted Mm -hmm. into this beautiful, perspective Mm -hmm. shift. Mm -hmm. And it was just from the writing. I hadn't even done the embodiment practice in the middle. And I felt so Mm -hmm. different at the end of the writing practice. 
Yeah. Yeah. And that's usually what happens. It's like, yeah. it's the whole process of alchemy, but it's not going to move to that other side, that other place. Um, because we're usually, because we think it's negative, it's like, okay, it's like, I don't not like men. What, what's that? And we usually want to hold off on that. Right. And we yeah. say, no, yeah. no, no, that's not me. I, I love men. I swear, but it's not, it's not about that. It's, it's making whatever comes up, even if it sounds horrible or nasty or, you know, evil, whatever it is, like it, the, the, the darker it sounds, the more it's just kind of stuck in inside and just the writing and the movement helps us to actually move through it because yes. it doesn't say anything about you. You're not a bad person. No. You know, it's, it's, it's nothing about that. It's about just moving through some of the energy. And it's, it's a lot of the times we have emotions t- t- attached to it, like the anger and, um, you know, what you said about the kids was so important, how, you know, the kids, they get up and play and they, they're, that's their natural joy. They dance, they, they, they crawl around, they do cartwheels, you know, and, um, you know, sometimes we lose that as adults, our ability to just be in the moment and express and move through what it is. So we ended up, end up just hoarding, and suppressing our emotions. And I think that's what ends up usually creating certain blocks for us and moving forward. So I love what you said that about kids, because when they do, when we write and we play and we move in our bodies, it's just a way for the energy to express itself and become something new and become something different and become the thing that we most desire. Yes. And, but doing it for the experience, not the result. I mean, which is what we teach about dating too. It's like, if you're attached to the result, you're in your head, not your experience. You're not in your body and little kids aren't doing a piece of art for the result and for the outcome until they get to a certain age where they start getting graded and they start getting marked. And this is where we learned it. Like, this is where it all went wrong. All of a sudden art became a thing that people were marking you on and telling you, you were shitty at it or good at it. Same with singing, same with writing. Like these are all things we actually did in school. So maybe someone in your family told you you were a bad singer or whatever, but also it happened at school. And so this is like, it's like, and then we become the internal punisher of ourselves and the internal teacher to ourselves and like marking our own papers and being like, Mm -hmm. nope, that's not good enough. I can't write because I'm not perfect enough. I'm not good at that. We Mm -hmm. learned that at school. That's not your nature. Your nature is to express and express for the experience. And you're doing that right now. You just started that art class and your arts, yeah. like Mariana is like a freaking <laughs> world-class artist. And, and it's like, you haven't done it in so long. And all of a sudden you just started doing it mm-hmm. and you're doing it for the pleasure of it. And then it just becomes mm-hmm. this beautiful transformational thing experience mm-hmm. with yeah. an e- epic result, but you're not doing it for the result. No. I imagine. I I am not doing it for any result whatsoever. I've just literally was one day saying, I miss, I just miss painting, you know, and I hadn't done it in years. And it was that question I'm incorporating. I'm at, at that time in my life too, where it's just like, I'm always incorporating what brings me more joy in my life. And remember, remembering some of those things that brought me joy as a kid, you know, and, um, doing some more of that. And so 
yeah, painting was, was always one of those things. And, and I'm just having so much fun and I do love the result too. It's just like, oh, wow, that's beautiful. That came through me. And it's not because it's like a masterpiece. It's just because it, it brings me that much joy to, to just do it. Um, but as far as the school thing too, is, you know, I have a master's degree at RADA, the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art in text and performance. So it was a a writing uh, and performance uh, degree and in a very prestigious environment. And for me, I was always having, it stifled my creativity, you know, not, not the program, but there were moments in the program because of my own feelings of insecurity where it stifled my just ability to fully express myself because I'm constantly thinking, is he going to like it? Is that person, is it worthy enough for this, that, and the other thing? And, you know, that's how much we hold back. So the, the free writing, like you said, is, is not about um, being a writer. It's about knowing the thyself, knowing yourself in a deeper, deeper way. Mm -hmm. And that's the beauty of it. Um, that's the only reason why we do it is, and to get some, some deeper information about how we are in relationship, you know, it's like, oh, wow, that's interesting that I think that way that plays out in my relationship. Wow. I'm going to be more conscious of that, you know, and, and how I react and respond and be with, um, a partner, a future partner. And, um, yeah, it becomes and it becomes more fun because um, you you get to be a little bit like that kid. You get to be a little bit more less serious about yourself. You're not taking yourself so seriously. You get to yes. just do it for the the joy and the pleasure of it. And you incorporate that also in your life. Yeah. I'm just thinking like all those, all those uh, painful beliefs we have about relationships or men or whatever, it's like they're in the basement and you might, they might be in the the top level of your house, but for most of us, like the top level of my house, like I have amazing men in my life. My dad's the best, my brother, like I have so much amazing, so many amazing men in my life. So it was like the top main floor of my house is beautiful. It's like comfy. It's lovely. It's safe. But then when you encouraged me to do that exercise, it was like, all of a sudden I went into the basement, which is like your subconscious and started to see like, oh, there's other things in here too. And there's other fears and beliefs here too, um, that are actually impacting my dating, impacting my ability to open and be ready to receive love and relationship. So like doing practices like this, it's, it's so, it's so powerful to know what's in there. And then to be able to keep working with, um, filling yourself up and, and like unpacking these because the beliefs aren't true. It's like, okay, there's okay. Men are untrustworthy. Okay. Some men are untrustworthy and some are very trustworthy. So it's like every single belief you have, there's going to be a version of it that's true and a version of it that's not true. And so like learning it, knowing yourself is, is the most important it's the most essential, important quality in relationship to have is to know yourself and then know how to communicate. It's the second, but like you could be the best communicator in the world, but if you don't know all the crap that's happening inside you and all the beliefs that are limiting, that are, you know, you're projecting onto your partner or the meaning you're making of their behavior. Like if you don't know yourself intimately in this way, you're going to keep 
projecting everything onto your partner and you're going to keep thinking it's the relationship, it's men, it's the guy, it's a thing. Like that's why revealing all these things is so important. Mm -hmm. And so that you can start to shift these beliefs with inside of yourself and, and they might come with you into a relationship and you can keep working with them as they arise, as they get activated. Cause some of our, some of our wounding comes from like most of our wounding comes from a, a really long time ago. So yeah. it has roots and, you know, often it can take a long time to shift certain patterns, but mm -hmm. until you have the awareness and you're actually willing to take full responsibility for whatever's there and you're mm -hmm. willing to transform them into something else, you can't have an honest, real relationship. And I think that's the key is like a lot of people who are single and ready for love, they're looking at other couples thinking, I want that. And they're looking at, you know, Instagram pictures or they're at someone's wedding watching. And, and, and it's, we're mostly looking from our own fantasy of what that couple has, but like inside mm -hmm. of themselves and inside of that relationship, are they actually sharing their truth? Are they taking responsibility for their pain? Are they, you know, taking responsibility for their pleasure? Who are they inside of the relationship? Like that's often what we're comparing ourselves to. Right. Right. Um, yeah. It's, it's amazing that we see so much of the outside world and we're like, I want that. I want this. And, and, and then we actually, <laughs> when we actually do get a glimpse into some of these other people's lives is actually so different than what the image is portraying. And so mm -hmm. we're basically chasing after a fantasy. Exactly. You know, it's not even real. And exactly. so it's almost futile to be, you know, looking at some of these, you know, incessantly looking at some of these social media um, images because all that does is create this pining energy again of like, oh, I want that. And a lot of times we're chasing something that isn't even the thing that we really want. That's yes. the irony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want that thing where I'm going to cut off half of my leg and arm to be in the relationship <laughs> as opposed to like being exactly what we're talking about. I imagine because people are here, they want an expansive, um, uplifting. I love what you said at the beginning, like a relationship where you can be your best self, like where, where, where you want to bring more, where you can like, like you do bring your most beautiful self to your partner, as opposed to live in that small relationship where you blame and you attack and you, you know, are shut down, like where you actually use the relationship to grow. I imagine if women are listening to the new truth, this is the kind of relationship they want. Mm -hmm. And, um, what, what would you say are the benefits of having this kind of relationship for you? Um, you know, it's, it's also not just within the relationship, but the relationship path is also part of the dating experience too, right? Whether you're single, whether you're in the dating process, or you're currently in a relationship, relationship doesn't ever start and end. It's a constant relationship is a constant relationship with yourself. And the benefits that I've seen in having that be the first and foremost, most important thing um, is that it benefits not only my relationship with my partner, but everyone around me. I mean, everyone, like the relationships with my family is completely changed, you know, with my sister, with my mom, with my close friends, with my work colleagues. 
um, with life in general, me just walking down the street with the store clerk. I mean, it's like relationship is everything. You know, when you're in that state, it's, it's life is consistently reflecting back to you who you are on the deepest of layers. So that's why for me, it's the most beneficial relationship to have the relationship of self because your whole life changes. Yes, this is perfect. That was the perfect answer. So then the benefits become, (laughs) the benefits become everything, 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 you know, just that's why when people, why are you so happy walking down the street? Uh, Because I'm, I have this joy cultivated inside of me that lives in me. And so I walk down the street with, with that joy. And then something happens where a person comes to me and starts a conversation. That's a relationship. It it doesn't stop with, you know, just my partner. It's with everyone. I'm so glad you said this because, you know, this is our obsession with romantic love. And Mm. if you've got, if you're taking away anything from this episode and really from this whole entire podcast, it's that like become obsessed with your, yourself, your own soul, what lights you up, your, your, your life, like build a life that you love and build a relationship to everything around you and use life around you, whatever you're reflecting, you're blaming your boss, you're blaming your kids, you're blaming your husband. It's like, it's a reflection of something happening inside of you. And until you know how to take responsibility, life is hard and it's, we're just a victim of, of life and what happens in the circumstance and the people around us. And it's like being on a roller coaster and you're like throwing up over the edge every two minutes and dizzy. And because you, you're not in, you're not the creator of it, but when no. you are in relationship to yourself, your own soul and taking responsibility for everything that other people or life is mirroring to you, mm-hmm. I mean, gosh, life just yeah. gets really freaking good. And then it you does. stop. So coming back to the title, what to do when you're ready for a relationship, it's like, get to a place where you don't actually need a relationship where you're like, not from a place of like, I don't need a man, but from Mm -hmm. a place of like, wow, my life is so full. You're not even thinking about it. It's like, Ooh, like I'm just going to go on. This is what I do. I'm going to go on Tinder for fun. I'm going to go on Bumble for fun, just to experience and explore and see what parts of my saboteur shows up and what, what parts of my old material, old mythologies, as you say, get revealed so that I can alchemize those. And so I can use dating as a way to grow. And then I can, and then if a relationship comes along, then I use that as a way to grow and deepen and expand and expands our capacity to actually receive love because most women, even if they have the best relationship in the world, don't actually have the capacity inside of themselves to receive love, Mm -hmm. to let it in. So get, so like use this time, like this is a sacred time. If you are, cause I mean, obviously with the title, I imagine most of you listening are sovereign and single and on, uh, on a, in a relationship with yourself right now, like this is the best time Mm. Devote yourself to this path, to, to, to devote your life from now on to building a relationship with you, with the divine, with the, with life, with, you know, changing how you're showing up in the world and inside of yourself. Yeah. Right. And that's the preparation of receiving a relationship is, do more of the things that, that bring you joy. Yes. You know, do the things that, um, 
that are more grounding for you. Do the things that, you know, light you up in some way, because that cultivates a certain energy field. Like, you know, people say your aura is like very, very glowing. You know, it's, it, it's a energy that gets generated around you. And that's so inviting for people. They want to be a part of that. You know, they want to, they want to be a part of that dance, you know? Yes. And, um, I think the more and more we cultivate um, the joy inside of us and find things that bring us pleasure, just like the painting, you know, for me, just more recently that I've added in addition to all the other things that bring me joy, it cultivates a different aspect of myself. And um, that's an energetic field that then gets projected out there. You know, we talked about earlier projecting some of the subconscious stuff that that's important to see. So then we do that work, um, you know, simultaneously with also cultivating the joy. Yeah. And so it becomes this beautiful ebb and flow, this practice of seeing what's underneath the surface and not being afraid of it anymore. Yeah. And utilizing that to expand our, our container to receive love instead of, yes. you know, a lot of times the fear puts barricades around um, our hearts and, and we're always in a you know, defensive, more protective place. You know, when we go into um, the fears and the insecurities, we allow that to move through our bodies, through the writing and the movement. And then in that, now that our container is more expansive, we then get to fill it with all the things that we love and start generating that new energy. And then that new energy is what then attracts somebody who's going to reciprocate that yeah. back to you. He's going to meet you there. And, He's going to meet you there. It's yeah. the best feeling because you don't need it. You're not like hungry for it. You're not starving for it. You're not like, think about energetically how many of us go on dates and are like, are you the one? Are you the guy? Are you right? Like, and they're just like in this state where on some level there's this lack and I need you to be something for me, which is like super manipulative and like mm -hmm. horrible. But that's what's happening for most women on dates is like, and men too, men's usually more about sex, but it's like, I need this thing from you as opposed to like, I need nothing from you. I'm just like here I'm present. My heart is open. I'm curious about you. I'm, cur I'm curious about what's happening inside of me. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling this moment. And I feel like, you know, how many moments have you and I shared together all over the world where we're just like in that state of magic. And then we meet that person that leads us to that situation that leads yes. us to that, that magical thing that leads us to this opportunity. Like you don't get to see how fucking magical life is and how divinely supported you are by life until you're living from this place of full responsibility for what's happening inside of you. Otherwise you're trying to control life, trying to control having a partner thinking that's going to make you feel better, trying to control your job, your house, your perfect life, picket fence. You're trying to make everything look good on the outside, thinking it's going to make you feel better. And you never get to really feel good. You never get that feeling of satiation. You're, that was our theme mm -hmm. of your last retreat, just this mm -hmm. like sense of like, I'm like, I don't even people ask me after. And it like something changed inside of me after that, our last retreat, we went to a Greek Island. For those of you who are regulars, you've already heard about the Island. It's called Idra. It has no cars. It's donkeys only donkeys and a lot of cats, cats of the night <laughs> and chickens um, <laughs> and lots of chickens. And like the sounds are so magical. It is like, and that 
retreat, we went into such a deep space of satiation for just from doing practices like this and, and having so much spaciousness that something inside of me changed. And I feel so different from that experience. Like I feel like I'm dropped in even more to myself. Mm -hmm. So like stop dreaming of a boyfriend and freaking get to know this place mm -hmm. inside of yourself, because whatever you're feeling in relationship is you and it's your pain, it's your pleasure. And there's so much inside of you that's that's ready to be explored and, and, and touched upon and connected with and relationships are one vehicle to activate those things. And there's a million billion vehicles, trillion, you know, things that will activate you and that will bring you into yourself even more. And once you're in yourself, like purpose unfolds, you know, like aligned connections and friendships unfold and align, like aligned city to live in, whatever, like whatever life that is aligned with you will be revealed to you when you're in this place within yourself. And, so. and serendipity happens in that place. Yeah. You know, yeah. serendipity, um, spontaneity lives there. It's like, think about all of the things when you were talking about control, right? Yeah. When we're controlling something, we're basically kind of walking around with like those horses with the blinders, you know, yes. like those kind oh, of blinders. I saw on those the other day in Greece. I hate those. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Blinders. They just limit our view yeah. because yeah. we're focusing on our limitations. We're focusing, <laughs> you know, that's where our focus is. Meanwhile, life is happening all around us mm -hmm. and, and, and everything's being orchestrated, you know, in this amazing symphony called life. And we're missing out on most of it yeah. because we've got our little protective blinders on, you know, and when we're, we start just dropping in a little bit more and moving through the fear and letting go and opening ourselves up and letting go of that control factor, all of a sudden we get to see this bigger picture that's happening and just more amazing opportunities come to us in the form of relationship and other things. Um, and sometimes they whisk you away to a completely different country and yes. you would have never, I mean, I never dreamed in my wildest imagination. I've done so many vision maps and <laughs> this is the last place I thought I'd be out here in Europe. It was just not something that I imagined, but it's been the most incredible journey beca because of. Because you're close to me. No, actually. Yeah, exactly. No, no, wait, I'm I came first. <laughs> <laughs> I took the lead first. Right. Close to but, I came to come closer to you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just, it. that's the other thing is like this journey of following the heart and opening and expanding and, and being in relationship with the, with yourself and letting go of that control factor, it will lead you to people and places that yeah. you couldn't have imagined in your mind. And that's when it becomes so much fun and so much pleasurable. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. I have goosebumps. This is it. So welcome to Kate and Mariana's world. We call us Katiana. We have a, we have a joint <laughs> Together name. Together we are like Katiana. <laughs> Rangelina and uh, who else is there? Benefer. Benefer's back together. Um, <laughs> Katiana is uh, Kate and Mariana. And this is like, we have conversations like this every day. This is 
Tatiana's world. <laughs> um, so I hope that you enjoyed this episode. I just, before we wrap up, we do, we could actually talk forever. So maybe we'll just keep recording episodes for fun, but, um, but before we leave, um, is there anything like, so I'm imagining some women listening are like, Whoa, how do I meet Mariana? How do I, how do I work with her? How do I go to these, one of these retreats? Like where, where would you like, and we will link anything below, but what, where would you like people to go to find out more? Or is there anything you want to share about your work? Uh, yeah, I mean, I do one-on-one coaching, with women. And I also do women's only retreats uh, in different parts of the world, mostly in Greece and uh, did one in Mallorca in Spain, on Spanish island. And we're looking at new venues um, here in the future for 2023. Um, those will be revealed very, very soon. Uh, but the one, both the retreats and the one-on-one coaching, what I specifically do with people is I help people see some of the subconscious patterning that keeps them from really receiving, as we were talking about, receiving the, the love that they, des- they desire, um, not just within relationships, but also within you know, fulfilling their career path or from a financial um, perspective. It's just really living your best life. But a lot of the times we have these blind spots. We all have them. I have them. We all have them. And it helps when, (laughs) except for Kate, um, she's perfect. (laughs) And, uh, and uh, yeah, so it's, it's really helping people see what gets their, gets in their own way of receiving it. And usually, it has something to do with something in, in from your past or um but we we I do that in a kind of fun way because I don't see anything as being too um scary or negative I I actually you know when when we discover something for people that that is in conflict with what they want for me it's so um exciting and it helps people move forward and you know receiving the thing that they most desire and if that is in the form of relationship it's in a relationship it's if it's in the form of you know something in their life that they want to create it's that uh, and I usually do the retreats is um, usually incorporates um, uh, workshops of writing of movement, of physical theater, and discussion, and um, we've had a lot of fun activities, you know, that's local to the area that we're in, so, um, but yeah, go check it out, it's uh, on www.travelwithinretreats.com, not at www.travelwithinretreats.com. Okay. And that's what your Instagram that's too. It. And we'll, we'll link both yeah. of them below, but yeah, check it out. Um, check Mariana out. Thank you so much for this conversation. This was so fun. We could do this As forever always. and ever. I love talking with you every TBC. day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, as always, if you know a woman who needs to hear this message, please share the episode with her. We love you so much. Thank you for tuning in today and we'll see you next week. Hi, it's Kate. Thanks so much for listening to the New Truth Podcast. 
for more of Catherine and I, come hang out with us in the New Truth Movement Facebook group. We are in there. That's where we're sharing all about our programs and our free workshops that we do. Um, You can come join us there and ask as many questions as you want about the podcast episodes, about dating, relationships, any struggles you're having out there. We would love to support you. So come hang out with us in the New Truth Movement Facebook group and we will see you soon.